Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name, Mark Ball, Justin Baker, co-host here in studio. And it's actually been a while since you were here. Yeah. In this beautiful little room. Maybe like two weeks almost. I know, it's crazy. Uh, a lot has changed in the NHL since, uh, you know, basically since the new year. This is only our second episode since the new year. We've been bad. Busy. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I'd say that if there's one thing... That has uh, that has really taken form is that it is the Vegas Golden Knights who have just shot up the standings now fifth in the in the National Hockey League to look and to see Nashville, Toronto, Washington now all behind Vegas. Yep. Uh, whereas Vegas was like in, they were in the bottom fifth, bottom sixth of the league, and here we go, and they're just pouring it on, and they're finally scoring again, and. Uh, eight one and one in their last ten. Yeah, what's even crazier is the fact that everybody beginning of the year was like Pacific Division's the worst division in hockey. It is, and now three of the top five teams in the NHL Pacific Division. Yeah, is it because they get to play the other garbage teams <laughs> in the Pacific? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's a. I think there's enough garbage teams in every division to where it's you know. I guess you can you could say that about anything. I mean, granted, yes, they do get to play Los Angeles, Arizona. Doesn't hurt that. Anaheim has lost now 11 games in a row. That's just so um, bad. <laughs> that it, it blows my mind. Uh, Anaheim plays Detroit at Detroit tonight. So we're recording this about 5, 5.30 p.m. Uh, on, what was it, Tuesday? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> so Anaheim going for their 12th straight loss. And hey, somehow Devin Shore is going to fix it all. They're still above 500. Yeah, that's crazy. 0-6-4 uh, <laughs> in their last 10. At least they have managed some points in overtime. I mean, those four points can't be understated for a team that's still vying for the playoffs. They are truly, they win tonight, and they are back in the playoffs. So if we're losing 12 straight, they're not in the worst position ever. Um, as well, the Edmonton Oilers have somehow managed to uh, keep losing, but still right on that playoff bubble. one Just one win away. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Really, it's, you've got five six teams vying for that wild card and the rest are so far in uh especially in that pacific division vegas san jose calgary all thir- uh what what's that 13 points plus in the playoffs at this point so uh, all in nice positions with that said on today's show we are going to go through every team in the national hockey league and we're just going to say one one thing that we want them to change. Uh, that can be long-term. That can be short-term. That could be a coach. It could be a GM. It could be relocating. Uh, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's, there are any number of things that a team should do. Uh, we will talk about that. And just for fun, I think I'm going to throw Seattle at you. Okay. Even though I just popped in my mind. <laughs> but we're going to throw Seattle at you, too. And uh, we'll kind of start uh you know start thinking teams have to start considering the fact that in two seasons from now uh this season plus next season at the end of next season they will have to decide what players they want to protect yeah and uh that's it's going to look a whole lot different than it did when vegas was picking there will not be as many deals no there won't be as many deals but there is going to be i think i think much better players available because all of a sudden, you've got a team like the Leafs where they were able to protect. They didn't even have to protect a lot of their guys because so many were rookies. Same with Winnipeg. And Winnipeg really got off pretty easy because 
their they had their really young players who they didn't need to protect and they were able to protect all their veterans. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams that before were skated through pretty easily and now they have to make some significant decisions on personnel. Uh, you know, so I think that there may be better players available because of that. Yes, less deals, but better players taken at least to the eye. Yeah, we we all thought that Vegas was getting these lesser players while they were making deals, and it ended up their deals were amazing, and they got William Carlson and Eric Howla and (laughs) and Jonathan Marsha, so all these fantastic players. So, okay, with that said, we are going to go. uh, We're going to do a little ladder here. So, well, not a ladder, but we're going to start at the top, which Tampa Bay, they're at the top of the league, and then we're going to fall all the way back down to the bottom and talk L.A., and we'll go back up to the top and. back to the bottom and so on and so forth just so that we don't get uh you know oh this team needs to do the exact same thing as the last team because they both suck uh we don't want to have too many of those in a row so we'll kind of mix that in and with that said let's start with tampa bay justin let's uh let's hear once what's your change for the tampa bay lightning uh for me okay you got a team that honestly is just dominating so much right now it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing but I think if I had to focus in on something in particular, I would honestly say maybe a third, fourth line center guy who can win draws for them. Okay. They are sitting right now, I think, 13th in the league at just barely 50.4% faceoff percentage. Um, you know, they got their number two guy, Braden Point, who's below 50% right now. Uh, Stamkos is pretty much carrying the load in terms of faceoffs, and I think it'd be important to find somebody who can win those you know, defensive zone draws for them. Yeah, I guess if we need to find a, a weakness, that, that could be it. Uh, Braden Point, the lowest paid player on the Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way. <laughs> uh, he's about to absolutely cash in, and Tampa Bay has exactly 6.3 million dollars towards a cap, maybe more like eight and a half by the time the cap goes up a bit, but they are going to be hard-pressed have to re-sign uh, Cedric Paquette as well, and so there's going to be some some parties going on. Uh, not to mention the fact that they're losing Dan Girardi, Braden Colburn, and Anton Strawman uh, to unrestricted free agency. So it uh, this is the time. Tampa Bay should be all in, which I think we all think they are. And uh, to me, I'm going to say they actually shouldn't touch a thing. Not a thing. Don't t- don't don't fix what's not broken. I, I really, I mean, okay, face off percentage. I think that. In the grand scheme of things, it's pretty minute with with the amount of possession that this team just racks up. Uh, they get fantastic goaltending. They have no problem moving the puck out of their zone. They really have, I mean, Dan Girardi is their worst defenseman, and he can be buried pretty easily. I mean, you can really set him up for success, and he's playing with, with good defensemen around him and great forwards. And so, uh, to me, just don't touch anything. Okay. Uh, let's drop to the bottom and let's go uh, Los Angeles. LA. Who have been just fantastic this season. <laughs> just a, a real nice building year from last year. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, cool, they're trying to play faster. And then comes the playoffs. And it was, it was like that series against Vegas made them go, oh, we actually suck. And yeah. now they're playing that way. Like they have continued to play play that way. If you you think not only they're eighteen twenty five and three, but that also means that they've dating back to the playoffs, they're eighteen twenty nine and three. So they've just been in fifty games, they'd have thirty nine points. Ouch. Yeah. Let's let's get faster by signing Ilya Kovalchuk too. 
ding ding. Yeah. Uh, so what what are you doing if you're the Kings management? Trying to dump all my veteran contracts because you look at okay, cat friendly. Their top four forwards are 34, 34, 35, and 31 in age in terms of the guys making the money. That sucks. Like, yeah, they have $89,695 of cap space <laughs> right now. So there's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that you got to look and you got to go, well, number one is going to be buying out somebody. To me, the guy to buy out is going to be Dustin Brown. You just buy him out and call it a day. If you get two, you also buy out Dion Phaneuf and and call that one a day. I don't think you buy out Ilya Kovalchuk because you're hoping that he can maybe, with a better team, he can maybe find his stride. And uh, I mean, you could move Jeff Carter, but Jeff Carter's 38 by the end of his deal. Uh, so to me, it's it's going to be all about just who can you sell off. Uh, maybe you can you can get something for a, a Carl Hagelin again and and move him at the deadline. A Nate Thompson, a decent you know playoff performer, uh, he has won a Stanley Cup, and so uh, I, that's really all you can do. Because or or trade Alec Martinez, but I mean there is a point where you have to go. You can't necessarily make this team even worse for, for, from the long long term standpoint as well. So uh, Drew Doughty. Congratulations on signing with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to the Calgary Flames, who find themselves in second place in the league. I don't think anybody would have picked that to be happening, uh, especially doing it with a plus 40 goals. Uh, they have now uh, passed Toronto for second place in the league. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy ride for the f- winning five in a row for the Flames right now. What do the Flames do, Justin? Try to find somebody to take James Neal off their hands, honestly. Maybe Vegas? I mean... After, you know, he was there for no. a while, maybe they would take him again? Yeah, probably not. No, I, I don't even know what NHL team would want him at this point. You know, you got you to gotta try to light the fire a little but, bit. But let, let's, let's say this, though. I mean, losing him isn't necessarily going to help them. No. You, you can play him on the fourth line or, you know, or on the third line, or, or do you, you know, you try to... I don't know, do something with them. I mean, they only have $1 million in cap space, yeah. just over that. I think if you bury him too much on the third and fourth line for too long and his production never picks back up, then his value is really gone. I think at this point he still isn't too far removed from good years in Nashville and Vegas to where you can say, hey, we can get something back for him. Oh, well, so. I, but the, the five years, it's too many. And nobody Might wanted be. to give him that extra year. That's why he signed in Calgary. Yeah, uh, But is it possible, though, that, hey, maybe this year is just a weird year for James Neal and he bounces back next year. I mean, he's only he's only 31. So it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that he maybe just needs to tweak his game, but also the fact that he's now he's playing on a completely different team. And this team is very good. Uh, he's he seems to have a different role. He was supposed to kind of do what Elias Lindholm's doing. You know, he was supposed to play with Goudreau and Monaghan and that didn't happen and didn't work out. And so. Uh, I think he just needs to maybe find his niche. I don't think they move him yet. Uh, I think there's some time. I, when I look at this team, I go, this is really, do you touch it? Is this a, like a, a Tampa Bay type of like, do you want, I almost Calgary? actually, Calgary is almost like Vegas was last year. Everything's going well for them. Yes, they've had some weird goalie things happen. They've They've had some injuries, but for the most part, 
everything's gone right. I mean, the players that they, especially like a Travis Hamannick, TJ Brody, they've been better. Uh, Mark Giordano has been, he, he's in the Norris conversation. So to me, this team is, is maybe you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, I think biggest thing more than anything else, they got a lot of young guys that are still the core of this team. Like you talk about Monaghan, Goudreau, Kachuk, all these young guys that are still going to develop. So don't rock the boat, I guess, you know, and just be yeah. patient with it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's go to the Ottawa Senators who sit in 30th, 17-24-5, sitting right where you'd want them to be for a rebuilding team, except for the fact that, you know, the Colorado Avalanche have the uh, now the second-best odds right now of getting Jack Hughes. So what do the Senators do here? Uh, they have to either sign them soon or trade Duchesne and Stone because... Those two guys, if you're trying to rebuild your team, you know, over the next five years, those are going to be the guys that you build around, you know, to get this team back in it. And if you can't sign those guys and you get nothing for them because they're going to walk. Hundred, yeah, 100%. You got to so, get something for yeah. them. I, I truly think that even if both of them wanted to resign, I would still trade both of them. Interesting. I think you just got to go. We, we screwed up on the Duchesne trade. That was our fault. We're willing to take that. We're going to make it right. We're going to trade Stone. We're going to trade Duchesne. And we are going to rebuild and start anew. I, I just, Mark Stone's great, but in three three years, I don't see him being the Mark Stone that he is right now. And three years from now is when I see like a Shabbat. He's leading the defenseman in scoring. And they have the their new core built around and at that point, Mark Stone is maybe overpaid, and it's only going to hurt you. And I think his value is the highest right now. And so I think you see what you can get from Mark Stone. Uh, now, same thing as uh, what you were saying about about Panarin. Like, yeah, you're not going right. to trade him for a first round pick. That's not enough. Like, if you can re-sign him for more than you know for a good amount, then yeah, it makes sense to re-sign him. And if Stone re-signs, Duchesne's get well. If Duchesne re-signs, then Stone will re-sign. So. It's kind of, I think, uh, hand in hand. Yeah, both of them are going together. Yeah, although another thing they could potentially look into is relocation if you want to do one thing with this team. So there you go. Senators relocating to Toronto? Or, oh, you mean Hamilton? Hamilton. (laughs) Same thing, right? Sorry, Hamilton people. Uh, Okay, let's go San Jose Sharks, who now find themselves in second in the Pacific, uh, winning six in a row. And uh, the San Jose Sharks, I'll. uh, I'll chime in on what they should do. Uh, I think that early on, there was a pretty big struggle with uh, Eric Carlson and him kind of finding his way with a new team. And I think it's understandable. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent. You have to sign him. You have to sign him. He needs to be resigned. I, I, think I won't you, disagree with that. He's, I mean, he's proven now. You know, anybody that was doubting a little bit, like, oh, has he lost a step? No, he hasn't lost a step. He's been, he's been absolutely on fire uh, the last twenty games, and so I think you lock him up, you give him the money he wants, assuming that he wants to stay there, and you, uh, you make that not a part of the conversation. Okay. Hey, fair enough. I, you know what. I, they have to get him signed. There's no doubt about it because the assets they gave up and you know everything they did to to bring him on board. Really, they they need to get it signed. Um, plus, I mean, let's be honest, they're they're aging a little bit, so you know, keeping him around would be a smart thing. Uh, for me, yep. though, I I don't I don't necessarily know if that's the one thing that I would do for this team right now. For me, because 
for him, you can wait till the summer and still try to get him signed. For me right now, the thing to do is find a team with a good goaltender and make a trade. Uh, I Martin Jones. Huh? Yeah, I, I love Martin Jones, but he has just not not been very good this year. And well, Who would you get to replace him? Jimmy Howard. Okay. He would be my number one candidate right now. Um, because I, I feel like that name will come up for any many team teams struggling. Yeah, goaltender. absolutely. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're Jimmy Howard, I would probably jump on board with that just because you're not going to get many chances in the next few years with the wings to win. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. You can always come back. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the summer. Uh, let's go to the Philadelphia Flyers, who uh, sit beautifully in 29th place in the NHL. Uh, they have Yuri Laterra, Wayne Simmons, Michael Raffle, all unrestricted free agents at the end of the year, as well as... Uh, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuverth, both on IR. Uh, what do you do with this kind of a team that I think we thought might be decent this year? Like they were, like they surprised us last year, and kind of like LA in the West, they have fallen right back down. Yeah, they were my pick to win the division. Surprisingly, that has not panned out. Whoops! <laughs> Whoops! Uh, for me, the one thing: trade Wayne Simmons, get a good asset in return, and ride the crap out of Carter Hart whether he fails or succeeds. Okay. All right. Uh I like it. I think uh I think you also should be looking into moving whether it's a Sean Couturier, Jacob Voracek, Claude Giroux. Ah, do you, really? I you, you it's not something that could really probably happen at the deadline. Uh but I think that long term you need to shake this team up. It's had the same core for seven, eight years now. Uh, maybe winning Simmons leaving is enough to shake the core. Uh, but to me, it seems like, you know, you've got a guy like Nolan Patrick that you took second overall. You have Gostas Bear and, and Provorov and Sanheim, all guys who have come up through their system and to me should be maybe more the faces of this franchise. Not necessarily, maybe not necessarily Patrick, but uh, or at least he hasn't proven yet that he can be that elite player. Uh, but it seems like maybe Giroux Voracek, it's just not working. It really, it really hasn't for a long time. They they make the playoffs, they miss the playoffs. They make the playoffs, they miss the playoffs. They're not good enough beyond those guys, and those guys can't can't do it by themselves. And so maybe it's just time to to reset. Okay, let's go to the Winnipeg Jets. Ooh. The Winnipeg Jets sitting at 29-14 and 2. They've won a couple in a row. Uh, and who do you who who would you move on the Jets right now? Move? I'm not sure if you move anybody off their team. Um, I think they need to find themselves a second-line center more than anything else. I don't get me wrong, Brian Little's fine, but to me he's he's no better than a third-line center. Yeah, it's at the this Paul point. Stastny replacement that they yeah. never got. And honestly, one name that I might take take a gamble on who you could probably bring in pretty cheap granite they are on a bubble team right now so they might not be willing to move him as quickly but jason spezza mm. yeah yeah i think i think you've actually said that before no you have you oh i you, have. you've talked about dealing him go. but uh yeah. to winnipeg i don't know if you you mentioned that before yeah no i would i, would, I think that's a that's a great idea uh i just wonder if he's fast enough to keep up that right. would be my my concern, but the fact that Stastny, a guy who was a little slower and was more of a playmaker, uh, defensive guy, I think maybe Spezza could play well with Line A. 
you know, you're feeding him the puck. You're really, he's not a guy who shoots a whole lot. So, yeah, that, I mean, you look mind. at a guy like that. I've get, been accustomed to watching over the last couple of years at Thomas Vanek, who isn't that fast anymore, but you put him with some fast guys who can score some goals and he can succeed pretty decently. All right, let's go with Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, four and a half million in cap space, uh, which that's really not their concern so much because they're, they're far out of the playoffs now. Uh, Marcus Kruger, Chris Kunitz, both free agents at the end of the year, along with Cam Ward, who has done, I'll say he's been about what I would expect. Nothing. That's fair. Nothing better, nothing worse than what, you know, than than what he's given. You know, what is he? He's probably a 900, 900 say percentage type type of season, uh, which this team hasn't been that great either. I guess he's 884 and a 399 goals against average. I mean, this team. It's really a mess. Uh, to me, you got to say goodbye to uh, to Mr. Bowman. I think Stan Bowman has... You, you already let Joel Quinville go, and it's time to to say, you know, I, th- I think that uh, you did great building a team. Uh, you have not done well sustaining a team. And so, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, because he did so well early on bringing in a team, and that... Uh, when we were bad, maybe he can do it again. And then, you know, oh, well, if we get bad again, we'll take three Stanley Cups uh, if it means some <laughs> some down years. But don't forget that Dale Talon played a big role in building that team. Setting them up. You know, Dale, yeah. Dale Talon built that team, got fired. Stan Bowman came in, and a year later they won the Cup. So you got to credit Dale Talon at least with that first Stanley Cup that was that was probably more, uh, more his doing. And so to me, I just... I think you just need to start over, but I don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think if you're looking to reset, and I, I think that's where the Blackhawks need to go. I think it's time to unload Patty Kane. Uh, to me, you, that's probably your most valuable trade asset right now. What you're gonna get the most in return? I think you'll get more than Eric Carlson got, to be quite honest. And I mean, you got a young. Well, he's got five, four years after this year. After yeah, but he's two. he's young. I mean, he's I'm not young, but at 30 years old, he's still fast enough. He's still smart enough uh, with the amount of years left on that contract that teams will be okay with that. I mean, what if even if they have to eat a million and a half in cap, big whoop de do. He'll still be freaking good for the next four or five years, anyways. Um, but I mean, they got a, they got a young kid in there, Alex Debrinket, who to me could be something that you can build a new you know team around so hit the reset button now and you know you you get going is alex to bring it really good enough to build around maybe not good enough to build around but he's a good piece to just say hey this is what we're going to start with yeah uh i think to me i i'm not trading patrick kane because he just means too much he's probably financially means more to that team than we understand um and sells more tickets than we we could imagine i get that so I think he's worth worth keeping around, but I I would just go the other way and say that Taves is probably the guy to to move if you can. Yeah, that's the but problem. Problem if is you can. that both of them have both of them have no movement clauses. So. Yeah, I think if they won't, could move anybody, it'd be Brett Seabrook. But yeah, Seabrook, I could also like a Brendan Sod, bad bad trade. <laughs> probably shouldn't have traded Panarin. Oh. Oops. Uh, okay, let's go with the Vegas Golden Knights. They're fifth in the National Hockey League at 28-16-4. They're 8-1-1 in their last 10 on an absolute roll. And this team has really, I mean, they have a few players who are unrestricted free agents, but all guys that are 
know, third liner type of players. And so easily replaced, uh, but does this team have a move in them to improve for the, another playoff run? That's a very good question because I think they went out and they made their move by getting rid of Neil and bringing in Stasny. Um, and Pacioretty, he's starting to, to play well now. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, along. you've got Pacioretty, you've got you've got Paul Stastny and Nate Schmidt, all of who have missed time. And so I, I think you're finally seeing what a healthy... Yeah, the only move, like. if anything, is finding a backup goaltender. Uh, I don't think Subban is good enough if... You know, Flurry goes, yeah, goes down to, to carry the team. Um, he was good last year, but this year he has not been so well. Um, and I wouldn't take a chance on anybody else in the minors just in case, because this team's going to the playoffs and they're going to try to make a run at it again. So find somebody who can play in a backup role now, whether that might be like a Michael Norivirth or, you know, Hutchinson, because he might end up getting claimed off waivers from Toronto. We don't know what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. with that. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, also you consider the fact that Eric Howla, Colin Miller, and Riley Smith. Uh, and William Carrier are all hurt right now. Uh, this shows this team actually has some pretty significant depth. <laughs> yeah, and that's what all those trades, uh, I mean, pretty much built, which is why Seattle won't get lucky like that. Exactly. Let's go to the hometown team here, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. They have, uh, I feel like this team has exceeded expectations despite where they sit in the standings. I don't know how you feel about their season. I, I know lately they've been on a slump, but a big slump. I feel like we've seen what you are hoping to see out of some particular players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nyquist has been better than expected. Larkin has been as good, if not maybe a little better than I expected him to be this season. Uh, Jimmy Howard's been great, carried the team to a lot of wins that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Um, but for me, the one thing this team needs is future assets. And to do so, you need to start dumping some players. Um, you know, Nyquist, Howard, like I mentioned before, and maybe even going as far as Andre Athanasiu, who, you know, got speed to burn, and he's exciting to watch. And I will say the one thing for this Wings team, even though they are losing a lot of games, they put up a good fight, they don't get blown out, and they're just fun to watch still. Yep, yep. I, I mean, what are you going to get for Nyquist? Could you get something for Thomas Vanek? Is he willing to move? Because Vanek right. signed that no trade clause essentially to say, you will not trade me at the deadline. I'm not going to be that guy. Right. But or maybe to control to... his fate, more yeah. or less. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, can you get a similar return that you got for Tatar last no, year no, 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 no. for Nyquist? <laughs> maybe a second and a third for Nyquist, and I would be fine with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, do your best to trade whoever it is that you need to trade. Whether it's Nick Jensen, Luke Witowski, uh, a, a Nicol- Nicholas Cronwall, Nyquist. You know, just just move your free agents. That's what you have right now. Acquire as many assets as you can. Don't worry about quality so much as you worry about quantity. Trust the fact that you can develop players that you've spent time scouting that you see potential in. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, number sixth overall, Washington Capitals. Ooh, the Cappies. Yeah, the Capitals have uh, they kind of started off with that little bit of a little bit of a hangover, as as we sometimes see, but they have really fired on all cylinders here, and they're they're right back towards the top of the league, top in the Metro, and uh, but they do have some quite a few pieces coming off the books next year. I mean, there's uh, in their their top 15 of forwards. I mean, they've got what seven, seven players that are free agents at the end of the year and Brooks Orpuk will be coming off the books as well. And so, uh, this team maybe has a little bit of a facelift on their, on their bottom six forwards, 
what do they do here at the deadline to maybe weather that a little bit? To me, I'm looking for some mobility on the back end, really. Don't get me wrong. I think the bottom six is something to be concerned with, but I I think they've shown – you know, especially last year, that guys like Lars Eller can step up from the bottom six. Devontae Smith-Pelly, again, guys that can step up when needed. And I, I don't think they would probably worry as much about that at come playoff time. Um, but to me, I think, you know, they've got a lot of slower pieces on the back end, guys that can't move the puck as well. So maybe find somebody with some mobility back there to move the puck out. All right. Yeah. I'm, when I think of this team, I mean, they, they really have – they have everything because they can. Their top guys can play significant minutes, and so you can really limit your your bottom six guys and set them up for success. And uh, I really, this team to me is one of those teams. You go, yep, they're built for the playoffs, and they're they're just cruising right now, and they'll be ready to roll come come playoff time. I, I guess you could say maybe they could look at shoring up that backup goaltending position. Phoenix Copley's been fine. Braden Holtby's been kind of funky. You know, he's been kind of like he was last year where he was really up and down. And, uh, you know, which one are you going to get come playoff time? Right. So to have that extra option, uh, especially because of how good the rest of the team is, uh, might be worth exploring. Uh, Okay, let's go go down to the Florida Panthers. Yeah, Florida. To me, this is a team with a lot of good young talent. So more than anything else, I think they need a facelift in the front office. Much like you talk about Stan Bowman needing to go, I think it's time to say goodbye to everybody at the executive level. Just get rid of, you know, GMs, presidents, everybody. Yeah, they all owners, need to go. Owners, <laughs> relocate. There you go. Send them to. Uh, oh, where could you go? Send them Quebec. to Quebec. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're already positioned in that division to to be. Right there, anyway. So yeah, and yeah, I think too because because they do still have a lot of very very good young pieces like Huberto, Barkoff, guys that will be here for a while and are signed to very very friendly deals. You know, if you make the changes with the coaching level, the, the front office, then you can still f- fix this up. Right, right. And I mean the fact that uh, uh, their second line center. Oh my gosh, why can't it? Vince, oh yeah, Trocheck. Trocheck. Yeah. He's. Uh, he actually is ahead of schedule in terms of coming back. But, I mean, you lose your second. How many teams in this league can lose? I, I'd say they're Pittsburgh. He's, he's like second, third best player. Yeah, he might one, be. One of the two. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that could lose that guy for the year and it not set them back pretty significantly. Uh, on top of the fact that they just... And Luongo's been hurt and all that's of things. So, uh, this team, uh, they, they could maybe still make a... Make a little bit of a late, a late run, I suppose. You know, like they like they did last year. Uh, they're, I mean, they're twelve points out of the playoffs, but there's still lots of time. I think if there's one team that I look at out of the playoffs right now, that's that's significantly out of the playoffs. I'm not not going to include Buffalo or Carolina in this, but I think they are the one team that maybe could turn it around and turn on a switch and and make a run at it. Yeah, their pieces are significantly better than when you look at like the Rangers and Jersey on paper. Right. So, right. yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your team, uh, you first. I Is there anybody out there who doesn't think that they need a defensive upgrade? Ding, ding, ding. I, that's, I mean, that's it. That's... Uh, you need to figure out... To me, it, it's this. It's... Okay, you have... 
a few guys. Obviously, you have to. Everyone knows they got to re-sign Matthews and they got to re-sign uh, Mitch Marner. So between those two guys, that's going to take up basically the rest of the cap space. Maybe you figure out a way to, a way to keep Jake Gardner. I, I'm not really too concerned about that. I'm thinking more. You also have to re-sign Kasperi Kapanen, who at the end of this year might have 30 goals. Yeah. You probably can't re-sign him with the rest of the guys. So well, luckily he's a restricted free. Agent, he is restricted, so. uh, but to me, that's where you say we need defensive help, and I think that you could unload Kasperi Kapanen very easily. Um, now's not the time to try and trade William Nylander. I don't think that they're trying to trade him at all anyways. I do think long-term he's the better player over Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, so I think you look to move Kasperi Kapanen for a defenseman, and and that's, you know, that's the chip that you use. I think you could afford to lose him, and with the addition of a of in, a vastly improved defense, if you're able to get a, a number one, number two guy, for Kasperi Kapanen and a first-round pick and you know whatever else you need to throw in there, uh, I think that would be worth it, and it would really change this team. Okay. So, Hey, speaking of which, um, our next team, the Rangers, a team that they do have a right-handed shooting defenseman that maybe, maybe Toronto might be interested in, and believe me, I don't think that... Kevin Shattenkirk? Yeah, I don't think Toronto would be, or New York wouldn't be too upset about getting Kasperi in return, but do you make that deal? Uh, for for Shattenkirk, uh, I just never liked him. No? Okay. I, yeah. I, you know, when the Washington Capitals traded for him at the deadline. and Yeah, that didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And you, you really, you saw what happened when he when he moved out of the shadow of Pareko and, uh, and Petrangelo. <laughs> it wasn't nearly as good. Uh, I think he's great on the power play but the Leafs don't need a guy who's great on the power play no, that's, that's they got enough assets to play you need somebody who is who can carry a defensive pairing like Morgan Riley carries Ron Hainsey we need another one of those he does <laughs> he certainly does so well uh, Rangers though they do have a couple other assets that are going to be UFAs that maybe they could move like Zuccarello or Hayes so to yeah. me maybe that's where you or, start or an so. Adam McQuaid who who is still a very serviceable yeah, guy absolutely uh, for that bottom pairing defense I, I think he'd be a teams a great are addition. always looking for depth on defense with guys like that yep absolutely yep just acquire as many assets as possible that's that's the trend for that team. Uh, let's go Nashville Predators, who are in an unusual seems seems as though they they've been playing better than where they sit in the standings. Uh, but I think maybe again this is a just a team that's kind of floating right now, just kind of moving through the regular season. They're not worried. No. They know they're in the playoffs. They're they're going to be in the in the top three in this division. And so, but Nashville maybe has more holes because they don't have that high 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 end elite forward so it puts a lot more pressure on all their all their forwards as a whole and so when you have a bunch of lines that aren't scoring that's a problem yeah i think real i mean ideally health is the most important thing for this team because they haven't really been fully healthy all year they've had guys in and out uh, especially pk suban and this might be a, a direct correlation as to why they have the sixth worst power play in the uh, in the NHL, which is what, what I think they need to you know maybe try to sort find somebody who can play on that second power play to give them some playmaking ability, whether that means on the back end or you know in a you know third line forward kind of role. But yeah, I mean you get Kyle Turris, Salamaki back. Those are those are additions in and of itself. 
Uh, sure. I, I do think that this is a team that uh, they, you know, sometimes when you have so many, it's, it's like this team has a ton of second line players, a ton of them. And it's one of the reasons why they're good. Now, it's not to say that Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg aren't top-line guys. Um, or Victor Arvidsson, at, at times, I think, can be a top-line guy. I think that he's probably, ultimately, on a Stanley Cup-winning team, Victor Arvidsson, to me, is is just a complimentary piece. I don't think that he's he's that high, high-end type of guy, uh, especially on the wing. But uh, I just I feel like this team needs to make a bigger splash than they have. And that may involve going, maybe we should package a couple of our middle of the road guys, find a guy who is, who isn't fitting in its their, their particular role or particular place. Doesn't want to be there and move someone out for a superstar. And to me, that superstar is our Temi Panarin. Wow. Imagine Nashville bringing in our Temi Panarin. It would be great, and but suddenly you've got. Does he want to be there long term, though? That is okay. That I don't okay. need him to be there long okay. term. I need him to be here for one year, and I and I think that he's worth giving up what you need to give up to acquire him and go all in. Because to me, this team is this it, it, this this team this year has a chance. Because when I look at the standings and I go, okay, Tampa Bay, unreal. I. <laughs> I, I, Tampa, it's going to be hard pressed to beat Tampa Bay in the East. So let's assume Tampa Bay is in the Stanley Cup Finals. Sure. Uh, in the West, though, is it not completely wide open? It is a lot like, more wide are, open. Yeah. Am I that scared of San Jose? No. Or even am Calgary. I terrified of Calgary? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg is the only team that I go. That's the team that could beat us. Um, I'm not scared of Vegas. I think Nashville could beat Vegas. I think Nashville would have beat Vegas if they had played them in the playoffs last year. Uh, but they couldn't get past Winnipeg. So how do you get past Winnipeg? You need to match their superstar power. And I think that way is maybe an Artemi Panarin. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's move to the New Jersey Devils. Devils. Another team that's kind of uh, surprised last year and has fallen back to, to normalcy as, you know, Taylor Hall isn't having a isn't having the greatest season of all time. He's hurt right now too, but uh, he's no longer having a heart winning season. So that's where the devils sit. Uh, what should the devils do the long term? Boy, this is the most perplexing team in the league to me right now, because they should be at the, to me on paper, they look like they should be towards the bottom of the league. Not like in the middle of the East where they're a little bit closer to right now, but, um, Man, honestly, this is another team that just needs to, like the Rangers, acquire assets and just try to load up, honestly. You know, I the one guy who I look and I go, I think you could get something decent for him and I think it'd be worth moving him is Andy Green. I think you, you move Andy Green, he's got one year after this at $5 million. Uh, I think that there are teams that would love to have that veteran presence, a guy who can move up and down your defensive pairings can play with almost anybody and then of course you're moving marcus johansson who is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year you're probably not going to bring him back and so uh, i think that you see if you can acquire something better than the second round pick you gave up to get to acquire him in the first place yeah I, he's got enough offensive talent i think a team desperate enough to to upgrade like you say in nashville maybe even might be willing to give a second rounder for him yeah so yeah. Okay, let's 
head back up to the top and go to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we've talked a lot about Panarin. Uh, not not much about Bobrovsky. We know that uh, you were, what were you saying? You, you listened to an interview with uh, Kekalein and their GM. Yeah, he, he's talking about Bobrovsky and Panarin and saying how he is open to the possibility of moving these guys if the right long-term pieces come along. Now, he stated too in his interview that if he gets a first and a second and that first is maybe like a mid-20-ish you know, number pick in the first round, that he's just going to keep these guys. Because like Toronto did last year with JVR, it's just that's their rental piece right there. Those are the guys that they're they're that's going a, in on. That's for the, a, a far more significant rental. Right. It's like John Tavares was the Islanders' rental last year. And right. Yeah, we saw how that worked out. But, but if he doesn't re-sign there and they keep him uh, – for for this offseason i i feel like there could be you know where this team kind of sold off rick nash for minimal pieces mm-hmm. and honestly i mean they got brandon dubinsky is basically what they got in that deal right like that, i know they got some they got picks and they got yeah. some other things but brandon dubinsky was was kind of the big the big name in that one and i, I i'm hard pressed to say that brandon dubinsky has made a huge difference that they couldn't have acquired via free agency or something and and so to me you take your chance on winning the cup you, you you've got if you can get past tampa bay you could win the cup in the east yeah that's i mean honestly i think all the other teams in the east that they could go up against and you know if Bobrovsky's you know playing pretty good and the rest of their team is i mean doing what they're doing right now they have a shot against now they would have to get really hot against tampa bay but the rest of the teams in the east they could you could pretty much just say it's a coin flip at this point yeah yeah agreed depending on what happens at the trade deadline uh yeah it it should be uh pretty it'll be a pretty like sit back and let's see what happens here because any anybody's game in that uh let's go arizona coyotes who to me this has just been a complete and utter failure even though uh their goaltender is hurt i know that their team is hurt. i know i know you know Marion Hosa and Dave Boland just not working out. <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but to me, this just, just isn't working. Uh, there needs to be, I don't know, a reevaluation of talent. Uh, no one's really panned out that you're, you know, you've got what, Clayton Keller going to the All-Star game. He's been fine, but if he's your best, if he's your best hope for the future, Clayton Keller, I think he's nothing more than a, than a guy who's supporting really good players. You know, I, th- I think he can be a 60-point guy in this league. I don't see much more out of him than that. Yeah. Well, then you're talking about you know a slightly better Gustav Nyquist, really. Sure. sure. Uh, which, I mean, you know, every team would love to have. But, again, you can't build a team around that. You can't hope to be successful long-term no, no. with that. And, and this team has – we know – John Chaika has used numbers and, and statistics to build this team, and it has failed. Yeah, I'm not a huge money ball type of guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it has its part. When yeah, it has its part, at guys. but you gotta, you got to balance. Yeah, the eye test. I mean, you, you still got to use that eye test out there. Um, I don't know. This could be a team that, to me, is another one where you just say relocation. Oh, yeah, uh, that's so. And and maybe that's maybe that's part of why this team's never taken off because it's just so hard to build in such a a, a turbulent type of environment. But nevertheless, uh, just another failed season for the Arizona Coyotes, and it's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they are only four points out of the playoffs right now, but 
I just don't see this team going on an, on a, any kind of tear. But no, and they don't really have big assets to trade either, to where they can bring in top six guys to really like long term make this team better. And if you look at like free agents, right? I mean, obviously they're not going to go out and snag uh, you know Artemi Panarin in the off season. Sure. But maybe you know maybe they give Barboski the most money and they can bring him in, which wouldn't be too well, bad. But, but you've already got Ranta. You know, know that Ranta. You could deal him enough. though if you wanted to. Yeah, Rant is definitely good enough. I don't but think Bobrovsky's going to Arizona. No, but I. But again, you know, other players that are going to be free agents like Jordan Eberle, Mark Stone, or Duchesne or something, you'd have to throw a lot of money at those guys. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's where you look at there for ten million. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go Boston Bruins, who uh, finally, for the first time all year, uh, I think uh, what game was I watching? Just maybe it was a few days ago where they said that it was the first game. This year that they had all their defensemen. Wow. So Boston back healthy. Uh, you know, Tuka Rask actually looks okay. Yeah, he's recently. taken back over that net. He's, uh, he's been fine. And uh, you know, working what? out well for my fantasy team, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> still undefeated. Still undefeated. I think I'm eight and six. Yeah. So I'm, I'm four I'm wins ahead against everybody. I'm hovering. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean this this team once again is a team that they need to acquire some secondary scoring. No, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean don't get me wrong, David Back is is was supposed to be that guy. He hasn't really panned out. Um, you know, maybe they were hoping Rick Nash would come back again and they could convince him to stay in Boston. Again, didn't work out. So maybe you go out and you try to you know maybe maybe they try to make a deal with a team like Edmonton, who you know Puliyarvi is slightly sure. available, but. If you're trading, if the Oilers are trading Puliyarvi, they want to get a roster player in return. So to me, Puliyarvi is only going to a team that is willing to give up a a scoring winger at minimum. Uh, so I don't. That doesn't seem to me to be a trade that I, I would think that the Oilers would make. No, I don't know. Maybe throwing like an Anders Bjork and a guy who has potential and. You throw in a pick there. Yeah, but and the Oilers aren't trying to go for potential here. They're yeah, going for so. winning. They they ha- they're like, we have to win or I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shirelli's at that point. For so sure. yeah, Shirelli will ruin another team. Uh well <laughs> if, if he hasn't already done that. Um to me, uh, Gustav Nyquist is a great a great piece. Yeah. He would he would fit perfectly with this team. You could slot him in anywhere in the top nine and and away you go. So a guy like him would be would be huge. Also, I do think that Artemi Panarin and Boston, he wants to live somewhere on the ocean. I I don't see this not being a fit. Maybe in the offseason. I don't think they have the... Well, no, I mean, honestly, a Danton Heinen or Ryan Donato, they, I would be more than willing to give up one of those guys you sure, know, at sure. the, the they, slightest thought. you give up of, a first-round pick and you... You know, and you do have quite a bit of depth on defense. You could give up a defenseman. Uh, I think that they, you know, they, there's got to be a prospect in their system that maybe Columbus likes. And and all you have to really do is have Columbus eat two and a half million of his salary, and you can fit him under your cap, and you're good to go. There you go. That would be that would be a game changer. If Boston got Artemi Panarin. My God. Yeah, that would make the East might, so much I fun to cry. watch. Uh, St. Louis. They they have actually found their found their way a little bit. They've been moving up the standings slowly. They've won three in a row now. Uh, they did beat Washington the last time they played. Sitting at 20-20-4. So three points out of the playoffs. This team, like, uh, uh, like Florida in the East, if there's a team in the West that's out of it, 
St. Louis is the team that could come back and make the playoffs. They do have enough star power to do it. They do. I will say that. Um, to me, the one move you need to make at this point is just try to get rid of Jake Allen and give Bingington the net at this point. I mean, it's yeah. only been five games for him, 941 save percentage at this point, but I think, honestly, he he looks like a better option and just ride the hot guy right now. I, I mean, yes, that's fine. I don't think you're... No one wants Jake Allen. No, you're gonna have nobody to buy does. Him. You're going to have to buy him out. He, he'll be he'll be a buyout if there's a buyout sure. available. Uh, I do think that you've got to evaluate where this team is at at the trade deadline. Is it that important that you just squeak into the playoffs? Or is it more important that you maybe get something for J. Bo Meester, for Carl Gunnarsson, and for a Patrick Maroon? Like, Do you start moving pieces? And you got to think Braden Shen, only one year after this this year on his contract, does he stick around long term? That's a that's going to be a big question mark for the Blues going forward. Uh, let's go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh, very middling season for the Penguins. Yeah, I will say though, it is nice to see. I mean, I I honestly did not see it going this well for him, but Matt Murray has found his form again a little bit. You know, he's been pretty yep. good lately. Despite a 5-2 loss to the uh, to the LA Kings. Oh, yeah. I well. think that's the most goals they've scored all year. Oh, uh, ouch. So, but, I mean, weird weird things happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Derek Broussard, Riley Sheehan, free agents at the end of the year. I mean, Pittsburgh is, is firmly in the playoffs at this point. Uh, they're third in the division, and so th- they're not going to move those guys. We know that. Uh but is there a move that this team, you know, they've been creative in the past. Are, sure. we, are we thinking that they try to do something here or are they just going to kind of stand pat? I don't know necessarily if you have to make a big splash. There is one piece, though, and I've kind of I was listening to, to NHL Network on XM Radio, I think, like two or three weeks ago. And they were talking about one guy in particular, Derek Broussard, a guy who. Yeah, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year, but he's a guy who came into Pittsburgh and expected to be a top six player. Hasn't worked out that way. They played him, you know, on that third line role, trying to balance the offense. Sure. I, you know, I don't know why he expected he was going to get top six minutes behind Malkin and Crosby, but is that really what he expected? Yeah, he, they, they, that, that's what you know. The guy they were, at, he was, I think, like he was basically like their TV color commentator uh, for their, well, you know, station out there, and he's dumb. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand expecting power play time. Right, maybe. Second power play time, that's fine. He's gotten that. But, I mean, you knew you were coming in to be behind Malkin and Crosby. You, you yeah. didn't think you were going to play on their wing very often. Uh, that's, I mean. Yeah, you know. to me, this is the piece that I move um, because he's not coming back. He's not going to want to resign with you because, again, like I said, he ex- he wants top six minutes. I don't know at his age now that he can walk into any team and just get it automatically. Um, but I think, you know, for a team that's looking for scoring depth, you know, that they're going to make a big run into the playoffs, they could probably get, they might be but, able to get a first round. Why back. would Pittsburgh want to trade Broussard? Because, because they he, need him. They, well, they definitely need him. Um, they're going nowhere without him. Like then Riley Sheehan is eh. your third line center again. And you have no fourth line guy. Honestly, if, if you want my opinion, I think the guy they really, Pittsburgh should target, um, Brian Boyle and let him play third line minutes for them. He's not fast, but I think he could really be one a great faceoff guy. We know that he can kill penalties, and I still think he has enough scoring ability to be decent on that third line. Interesting. Okay. So. All right. Uh, let's go the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks, a team that has uh, 
Uh, they're about where I think we expected them, maybe a little bit higher, but $9 million in cap space. This team could be active at the deadline, not necessarily looking to acquire you know, rentals, but I think that they may be able to take advantage of something. I think you got to look at your team now and go, I think we're actually a year, maybe two years ahead of where we thought we were because of how good Elias Peterson has been. And uh, I mean, I know he's hurt right now, but this team should attempt to take advantage of somebody out there. Yeah, I think you could you could look at a team that is maybe at the bottom of the standings, um, not necessarily at the very bottom, but you know that you could say, hey, we can go out and acquire a, you know maybe a, a very nice player who could develop into something pretty nice to build around. Um, gosh, I don't even know off the top of my head. Maybe you look at St. Louis if they start falling out, right? Maybe you look at a guy like Jaden Schwartz. Maybe see if you can't poach him out of St. Louis for a you know a first rounder or something like that. And yeah, see. I mean, are you willing to give up your first round picks right now? Probably not. Maybe not. But, but again, you've got a couple. They've got two also two yeah. very good goaltending prospects. That's and St. Louis would love one of them. That's that is that is a great point. The goaltending prospects is a yeah. would be tempting. Uh, as well, Michael Delzato is a free agent, so you can always do that. True. Uh, let's go with the Montreal Canadiens. They are in a playoff spot right now, uh, sitting in the first wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Montreal, unexpected territory for them after having a really bad season last year. Carey Price has been only a little bit better this year than he was last year, but it's been enough to put them into the playoffs, and Shea Weber's playing like a madman since coming back. So does Montreal uh, like try to advance this plan a little bit quicker and acquire somebody, or are they just going to kind of ride this out? You know, I don't necessarily know if you – because, okay – they're they're not going to make noise when they get in the playoffs. I mean, even if they somehow squeak in and get that number eight spot like New Jersey, they're going to get just. I think they're going to get well, maybe a Tampa win Bay. against Tampa Bay yeah. and at best, and that's because everything's going right for them. Um, so to me, I think maybe you look at you know uh, maybe a guy like Jordy Ben, who even though he's been one of your better defensemen this year, more reliable defenseman, I guess. Maybe see what you can get out of him. Uh, you've got enough pieces there where maybe you can you know go in and. Um, you know, just get the younger guys' experience, basically. But to me, that's that's basically it. Just get yeah. the guys' experience. I think if you make the playoffs, cool. But you're not you're not expecting it. Uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks have lost eleven in a row, and uh, out comes Bob Murray. Says, "Don't worry, Randy Carlisle's job is safe, despite not being able to win since he has not won in the new year. He's not <laughs> won this year yet. Hasn't won since I think it was December twenty seventh, or maybe it was before that." Yeah. Uh, Jakob Silverberg, unrestricted free agent. If they're not in the playoffs come trade deadline, is he gone? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You mentioned it before in a previous show. He's the guy that you have to just pull the plug on at this point. It's You've waited long enough for him to you know, really be a, a dominant top six forward, and he hasn't been that. So time to say bye. Get okay. what you can. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's go with the Anders Lee-led New York Islanders. Uh, to Brock Boris Nelson... Lips. Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, Valteria Filpola, and uh, Lucas Spezia, all free agents at the end of this year. Uh, this team kind of in an interesting position because maybe they could bring in another rental for cheap and make some noise. And uh, maybe that it maybe it's just not thinking we might win the cup, but thinking we need to do something for our fan base because they got screwed. 
we want to we, let's have fun here like let's use one of our low like mid draft picks let's see who we can bring in shore up this team a little bit and let's hey maybe we can win around i mean this is a team they're sitting in the playoffs I guess in order to win around, I suppose this team needs to uh, needs to get up into the the third spot in the Metro, uh, which they're only two points out of. Yeah, one win in their their third in the Metro, and Pittsburgh drops down. So, uh, I mean, could the Islanders beat Columbus in a seven game series? Uh, it'd be tight. It'd be it'd be that'd be a stretch, but I mean, maybe they can make some noise and get in there. I think for the Islanders, if you're going to do something, you do something now as opposed to waiting all the way to the deadline. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you on that. I think, um, boy, maybe try to find somebody on the back end, get a little veteran depth in there because they got some young pieces. I mean, they got Letty and Boychuk, who are your veteran guys back there, but you know they're relying heavily right now on guys like Ryan Polak. Uh, Devin Taves, Scott Mayfield, and so I think maybe you find somebody with a veteran presence who can still play the game a little bit, like an Adam McQuaid, perhaps, hey, who's yeah, been there before. I like that. I like um, that. Yeah, bring him in and let him, you know, help out on that D back there, and then you don't have to rely on young guys with little experience. Okay. Um, who wants to play with Connor McDavid? <laughs> I mean, Edmonton yeah. may be the least desirable city in the National Hockey League uh, across, you know, on average, but... Connor McDavid, the most desirable player to play with. I mean, is there anybody who has made Patrick Maroon look better than oh, Connor boy. McDavid? Um, <sighs> that is the you know really it's not about going to Edmonton; it's about going to hang out with Connor McDavid. So who's going to be a good fit? Who can come alongside of him, or even maybe who who can go? All right, we're going to bring him in, and he's going to be able to play with. Nugent Hopkins or with Dreisaitl and you know we'll play Nugent Hopkins with uh, with McDavid but this team is desperate for a top six forward and they will get it. I, I'm convinced they will get it they will give up more than they should really uh, I but I think Poyarvi will be used to bring in somebody okay fair enough I don't I don't think they can acquire a top six forward at the deadline I do think they have to wait till the offseason and one name uh, he's quite familiar, and I think he would love to play with Connor McDavid. Would be a Jordan Eberle. He could cash in pretty decently, I think. He's Jordan still Eberle fast enough. Coming back, yeah, yeah. Nice. He's familiar. Um, the only thing is, is the price. You know, he's probably going to want around the same amount of money he's he's getting right now. Um, you know, do you sign him to seven years? No, I don't think he's going to get seven years from anybody. Maybe five years. I could see it, but again, they got to find the cap space to do it. The Edmonton Oilers trade Pugliarvi, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, some uh, whatever prospect for Mark Stone. Mark Maybe Stone. Maybe two first-round picks for our Mark Stone, who's willing to sign in Edmonton long-term. Mark Stone loves playing with Matt Duchesne, but you know who he might love playing more with? <laughs> who wouldn't love playing? Connie McDavid. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, let's roll over to the Buffalo Sabres, who have kind of fallen... Uh, fallen out of that playoff picture. Not the picture. Come back to earth. They're out of the playoffs at this point. Yes, they've come back to earth. Uh, it's, you know, Carter Hart's looked a little bit more normal. And so do the Buffalo Sabres have what it takes to make the Carter playoffs? Hart or like, Carter Hutton. I'm sorry, Carter <laughs> Hutton. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just lost 7-2 to Buffalo. I mean, if that's not a wake-up call. Or to, 7-2 to the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> My God. If that's not a wake-up call... Then I don't know what is three six and one in their last ten. They've lost three in a row. 
They play Calgary tomorrow night, so it's not an easy uh, an easy game there to get back on the right track. But are the Buffalo Sabres going to make a move, or are they just going to sit where they are? That is the million-dollar question. Um, boy, or you know, is I, the million-dollar question, will they re-sign Jeff Skinner, or are they just going to trade Jeff Skinner at the deadline, who they might be able to get two first-round picks for Jeff Skinner if, if Jeff Skinner's willing to sign an extension somewhere else. They could get a King's ransom for him, although they already have three first-round picks already as it is for 2019. Which having five wouldn't be too bad either. But now, if St. Louis' 29 first round pick ends up being a top 10 pick, the Blues have the option to keep it and send Buffalo to 2020 true. instead, which it is looking likely that it'll be a top 10 pick. It very well could be. I do think, though, Jeff Skinner does resign in Buffalo. I think they have an owner who's willing to open up the checkbook. They found a guy who can put up 30, 40 goals and looks pretty dang good playing alongside Jack Eichel. You're going to have to give so, him nine, I think. I think they're more than willing to. Okay. And I think he'll get it. So, right. uh, to me, I think this team is all about finding some bottom six scoring. And then Pominville goes bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, yep. bye. Okay, uh, let's let's get on over to the Minnesota Wild. We have four teams left. Minnesota Wild, uh, again, they're, they're right on that playoff bubble. I think right now they're in the playoffs as we speak, but a team that uh, they actually have done well since we last talked. Uh, or better, I guess they're five and five in their last ten, but they've managed to keep themselves in the picture. What do the Wild do here? Eric Stahl, a free agent. Eric Fair. You've got, uh, you know, I guess the, there's your Alex Dumba's been hurt, and so there, there's the main reason maybe why they've been just middling. But what does this team do? Are they pushing for the playoffs, or are they just gonna finally go? You know what? It's okay. We can miss the playoffs, and we can. Build they need to pull a New York Rangers, honestly. They need to, you know, keep some young pieces around, uh, you know, like a Michael Granlin, maybe a man, maybe that's it. Um, but for the most part, I think they need to try to try to hit the reset button pretty quick. Do what you can. Maybe that means trading off Charlie Coyle. Um, I honestly, Eric Stahl, he's gone at the deadline. You have to get what you back, what you can for him, because honestly, this team is just middled too much, too long. In the West, they 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 get, they squeak in, get in, and then they're they're done because they can't make any noise in the playoffs against teams like Winnipeg and Nashville. Yep, yep. And I, I you know, for I've said it before that I think they should trade Nito Niederreiter, but I I think that there's got to be a way to to figure out Nito Niederreiter and get him at least to a position where he's valuable. And maybe again. that means trading or getting rid of the coaching staff, starting fresh there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like uh, like Bruce Boudreaux has just outstayed his welcome in Minnesota. For whatever reason, Bruce Boudreaux is a, a very, I, I think players like to play for him, but players stop caring, I think, with him for some reason. Uh, I don't know what it is about him, but he and he just doesn't seem like a guy who actually can win in the playoffs long term. So, uh, okay, let's skip on over to the Dallas Stars, who, uh, you know, hey, the owner... Or the CEO calls out the top two players on the team, Ben and, and Sagan, and basically calls them a bunch of pieces of shit. <laughs> and uh, wow, yeah, away we Boy. go. Uh, and hey, since he did that, it maybe been a little bit better. Um, I just don't see what's the point in blaming those two guys. They're not the problem. The problem is, how about you go and you say, you know what, our GM has not been good, or 
or maybe hey our scouting staff hasn't I mean although their scouting staff did scout John Klingberg and Miro Heiskanen I mean they've they've done a pretty darn good job there too it's just they're the rest of the team that in in my opinion unfortunately uh, Jim Nil has just not done a good job building the depth of this team the way that he should no he hasn't really made those big moves I think that this team desperately needed when he came in because they were practically the same team just with terrible goaltending now their goaltending has pretty much carried them through most of the season to where they are now um, they just they need some secondary scoring badly and I, I think they need to I don't want to say like hit a reset button but they need to make some some big splashes yeah so. and you know the nice thing is you've got Jason Spezza at seven and a half you have uh, Roman Polak at one one three, and then Mark Mathot at four nine, all coming off the books. So I mean that they have twenty one million in cap space next year, and really, who do they need to resign? They need to resign Anessa Lindell, and they've got Julius Honka, both RFAs, but both will resign for reasonable amounts, and uh, no one, no forward that's going to get a lot of money. So I mean, things are are looking good. They also just made that trade, trading Devin Shore for Andrew Cogliano. Which I, I do like. I really like it. Yeah, Cogliano. bringing some speed and yep, yeah, and, and better so guy. I thought it was a weird move for Anaheim actually, uh, but maybe there was something going on with Cogliano. Desperation, Yeah, just just trying to switch something. Um, but I do like uh, what they have, and the fact that they have so much cap space, they can bring somebody in in the off season. So I think that maybe you you say, well, we're going to keep what we have. We maybe try try to acquire somebody with term. At the deadline, don't don't go out and get a rental. I don't think that that's in Dallas's best interest. But find someone with term that can become a part of the core of this team. Maybe not the the like top four players, but maybe that secondary core. So that, that's uh, Kevin that's Hayes. What that's what I'm going to say. Okay, Kevin Hayes. I like that. Uh, let's go, Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes. That uh, they're basically where they've been for the last forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> About two positions out of the playoffs. Justin Williams, a free agent at the end of this year. Both goaltenders, McElhaney, Mrazek. And they've got their defense locked up. We know they have a good defense. And what do they do? They won't move anyone on defense. They need to. They need to. They need to. And they, you know need, what? they need scoring. It might be Dougie Hamilton. Maybe. He might be the guy that you need to move. I, I think that you could move him and be perfectly fine uh, and I mean, they need somebody who can score up front along with Ajo. Yeah. They need it. Who do you go after, though? I mean, to me, their best trading partner, which we've talked about forever, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. I mean, the Leafs couldn't afford to take on Dougie Hamilton, though. I, I think it would have to be, you know, somebody. Justin would, Falk? A Justin Falk would, would work. I, I think that, you know, would you be willing to trade Kasperi Kapanen for Justin Falk? That would just, to me, straight up. Okay. All of a sudden, Carolina has a guy who has the potential to score 25 to 30 goals. Yeah, second-line guy who could be your and, Vincent Trocek. And Shvetsnikov has been coming on. So, I mean, suddenly you've got you've got three very talented wingers, and your top six is filled out. And then you go out and you, you know, it's, it's that center position's tough. I mean, you might just have to draft that center position. Uh, or you know, wait until something falls in your lap. But yeah, I think you you move a guy like Michael Furland too at the draft, regardless if you're in the playoffs or not. Because I don't think uh, they're having. I've heard they've been having a, a rough time trying to come to an extension. So I think you move him and you try to get a, a maybe a conditional second round pick, 
to try to, to yeah. find that centerman. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let's go Colorado Avalanche, a team that uh, has honestly has kind of defied odds because of how good that top line has been, and yet they still can't seem to get out of that. Just they're just better than than mi- missing the playoffs. I think this team's in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, but I mean, two six and two. They, I mean, they just beat the Leafs six uh, three. Granted, two of those empty net goals, but uh, they they beat a Leafs team who who has kind of struggled since getting William Nylander back. It's kind of been a little bit of a weird dynamic there. I think even though William Nylander has actually played really well, and since Nylander came back, the Leafs are actually uh, like third in the league in possession, and they've better than they've been all year in possession. Wow. And Nylander's been great in that in that sense. He just hasn't put the puck in the net, and so once he start starts doing that, I think their fortunes change. But back to Colorado. Uh, I mean, this team to me needs if there's a secondary scoring. I mean, we we talk about that for Boston, but this team needs it. The maybe the most out of any team that we would consider to be a good team. Yeah, and I think when you look at their top line, right, once you get past those three guys, the next closest score is a 24-point drop-off with Carl Soderberg. Yep. So there, there's your there's your problem, honestly. That, that gap should be a little closer. It shouldn't be drastically closer, like five points, but you should be within 10, 12 points, I think, of the next, you know, Next closest guy? Yeah, I mean, that, that'd that be the hope. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just pull up Edmonton's because this is amazing. Um, Edmonton, Connor McDavid with 28 goals. Dreisaitl, 24. Chase on with 17. Nugent Hopkins with 15. Darnell Nurse with 6. And then you have Lucic, Cassian, Brodzniak, and Pugliarvi with 4. Ooh. Sixth in the team in scoring with 4 goals. <laughs> that's uh, That's... Horrible depth, uh, but yeah, it's it's just who who would the Colorado Avalanche be able to bring in uh, for it? Almost like you're you know you'd love to see what would it take to get Jeff Skinner if he wasn't willing to resign in Buffalo? Yeah. Boy, would he ever look good there? But do you think well? But if Jeff Skinner isn't playing with Patrick Eichel or isn't playing with one of our top guys, how good is he going to be? And maybe that's where really it's that second line center position that, I mean, frankly, you gave up Duchesne and now you don't have a second line yeah. center. Well, and they were hoping that maybe like, you know, what's his face? Tyson Yost would eventually fill in sure, there. Sure. I think honestly, their best, their best thing to do is wait till the off season, go after maybe, you know, give a three-year Derek contract. Broussard. Yeah. Broussard, give him a three-year deal and say, Hey, you can play your second line minutes like you want to. And we got some, they got some decent you know, guys like Kerfoot, like I said, Tyson Yost, who could pan out pretty well on the wing for him. So maybe they develop a little bit better when you got a guy who can actually play. A yeah, and you're not, position. and and it's not to say that Tyson Yost can't develop into that second line position. It's just he's 20 years old. Not not every 20 year old right. becomes <laughs> Mitch Marner or you know a, a freaking uh, Miko Rantna, whatever. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Colorado Avalanche are probably the worst most fun team to watch like they have such a good first line that really they should be they are new jersey of last year like really they should probably be out of the playoffs but because of how good that line is they're unreal i can make them look like they're so good but it's just that one line carrying them all day so there you go well that is all 31 teams 
Only one's missing. That's Only one. Seattle. <laughs> the Seattle, what, whatever they become, the Metropolitans for now. Yep. Because that was the last team in Seattle. Um, or maybe they'll be the Seattle Silver Tips. Remember the Everett Silver Tips was in like the, I think the ECHL or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have a jersey of the, the Everett really? Silver Tips. Yeah, I don't know why I found it on like on the online somewhere. That's and, great. Uh, so we'll call them the Seattle Silver Tips for now. It makes it sound like we're talking about their penis, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, right now where they sit, we're we're you know a year and a half away from them becoming a team and and doing their expansion draft. What would you like to see them do by the end of this season? Take Kenny Holland off Detroit's hands. Praise him. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so Stevie Eiserman can sneak in there. Right, exactly. <laughs> How sad would Red Wings fans be if Steve Eiserman ultimately went and became the Seattle oh, GM? I think people would revolt and burn yes, the Little Caesars Arena to the It's a matter ground. of time before Steve Eiserman oh. takes over. And uh, and then you know Detroit will be back on their winning ways because Steve Eiserman is, is fantastic. Uh, I mean, he built this Tampa Bay team. He, like it's crazy to me goes. that he wasn't just like, yeah. hey, I'm, you know, after this year, I'm going to step down or something, you know, something like that. But right. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I, I don't know what's best for him and his family, but I'm going to pretend I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. For your, your penis tips, what oh. do you think? Uh, what do you, what do you like? What, what should they do? Well, I think that now is the time to start, you know, uh, El, Las Vegas did this a little bit. They went out and they, who was the guy that they signed right away from Russia? It was the first guy they signed. In, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up uh, you know, going back to Russia. Going back to Russia. That whole deal. <laughs> I think that you could be proactive and you could go to players and you could go, hey, look, like, you know, you're a, you're a free agent in this, at the end of this particular year, we want you to come and be on the first Seattle team. And I, I think that you figure out a way to start setting up free agents from Europe come over and play for your skills. Just send them fish. Especially from Russia, because if you think out of any team, like that Seattle is is close to Russia. I mean it's the closest to Russia that, that you have aside <laughs> from Vancouver, which is you know an hour and a half away from Seattle. So I, I think that there will be a draw for players who want to have a, a shorter ride home. I mean that's a four out four hours less of a plane ride home. Wow. Um, that's got to make a difference to me. So that's that's probably where I would start is look for some good Russian players that you can get under contract and start talking with them now so that midway through next year you can get them under contract and then they can come in and be a part of your organization and who doesn't want to be a part of something new. There you go. Kind of cool. I like okay, it. well that is our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We will uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. Promise it'll be uh, more shows, more often, all the time, forever and ever. Amen. Have a good one.